This is the Broncos Blitz, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Here's your host, Danny Williams. Back in Taco Tuesday edition of the Broncos Blitz podcast. What's up, guys? How you been? I was out last week, uh, janked a little pod by himself. Um, we're back, though, and, you know, we're kind of gearing up for what, you know, OTAs, the minicamp stuff. It is mid-May today. Um, so it's going to be just a matter of time, Jake, before before training camp is, you know, uh, upon us. And that's when it starts. That's kind of the start. But it's Broncos country. Expectations are uh, elevated. We have a lot to talk about today from, here's the things I want to talk about. Jerry Judy. I want to talk about the Dulcich stuff looking great. Um, want to talk about, I have a little screenshot here of, uh, let's see, the four guys. It looks like um, Ryan Clark, uh, Jeremy Fowler, the reporter, uh, some ESPN host guy, and Rob Ninkovich, mm-hmm. um, who have the Chargers, Chiefs, Chargers, and Chiefs winning the AFC West in 2022. So we'll talk about that. And the Broncos, you know, Thunderdogs again. Um, and then I want to talk about Sierra. So sexy. And the, uh, respectfully, um, Mr. Unlimited, I'm sorry, um, and Mrs. Unlimited, um, and the cover on the cover of the new um, Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. Her, Kim Kardashian, is one or two others who grace the covers, one of the cover girls, so that was kind of cool, because back in my day, Jake, you know, I'm a children of the 80s and the 90s, the Swimsuit Edition was a really big deal. Kathy Ireland, L. McPherson, Claudia Schiffer, it was like, that was the episode, that was when you knew you became... You, um, a supermodel, you know, supermodels were now it's like about the runway shows and being a social media, you know, influencer. Right. But back in my day, it was all about what made a real like supermodel was finding a way into the swimsuit edition. So Sarah looked great on the cover of the swimsuit edition. So, okay. Start with Jerry Judy. Um, Jerry Judy spent the night in jail. Okay. Um, what for? Well, baby mama said that he took her wallet, phone, and some of, like, the baby's medical papers, which, like I said, is probably, um, she was trying to leave. I said she's probably trying to leave, right? And she wanted, you know, the baby's birth certificate and his uh, insurance card and things like that, like, you're going to do it. I'm leaving then, you know, I'm, I'm done, I'm out of here. Um, and he didn't give her that kind of stuff because he, for one, she had his phone, he said, right? Right. And because they were... Arguing, and you know, again, if you have leverage of uh, your son or your your child, which should never be used as leverage in a fight. Um, he's twenty three; she's around the same age. He's young. I was. Uh, my wife and I have been together since that same age, and I remember what it's like to be kind of young, to have you know, be young and in love, but then young and you know, you're getting pulled in a lot of different directions, like. Um, your buddies uh, partying and exes and uh, the lifestyle and thinking, you know, getting caught up in stuff and, you know, maybe I'm missing out on some stuff because it's my 20s. Um, there's a lot of drama that comes along with being young and in your 20s and having, um, you know, a significant other. Jake, that's you. A lot of that is you. Yeah. Minus the, the, the drama, right? Right. Yeah, I got a child on the way. I'm only 24 years old. But, see, I don't have any of that drama. Yeah. Uh, the, do, you, do you get it at all? 
Can you re- at all relate to it? And I don't mean that in a bad way. No, no. I, I get what you're saying, but not really. Uh, you know, okay. I'm in a position in my life where I know what I want, and I, I have my life situated pretty well, I would say. And I'm a mature guy for my age. I I, I get the NFL. I am going to hype myself up here a little bit. I know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it's, it's just plain and simple. I wouldn't find myself in this situation. No. Um, we're trying to uh, straight up kind of walk on eggshells a little bit with this one because we like Jerry Judy still. We want it to work out. He's our guy. If this was someone else, another team, I'd call the guy a scumbag. I wouldn't believe the story, what really happened, all that kind of stuff. Okay? To be honest with right. you. Right. But he's our guy. She, her baby mama, went to the court, went to the judge, said, I don't want him in trouble. He didn't do anything. I was never threatened, and I never felt threatened. We just had an argument. And um, that may be the truth. But in the end, in the end, Jake, he was arrested, put in the back of a police car, taken to the county jail, changed out of his Gucci stuff and his gold chains, had to put an orange jumper on like a true straight-up criminal, um, sleep there um, with, you know, it ain't um, plush luxury Italian, you know, silk sheets. <laughs> and I bet you it was one of the longest nights of his life. It, it might have been only 12 hours, Jake. It might have only been about 12 freaking hours, but I bet you it felt like the longest day and the longest night of his life. No doubt about it. And I it. hope it did. Yeah, me too. And I'm not going to walk on eggshells here because, Jerry, Judy, you're an idiot. Uh, you shouldn't be putting yourself in this situation. We said it on the radio show. You have... Millions and millions of reasons to not do this type of stuff. To you got so many things at That's stake what I here. Always come back to, and it's literally if she wants to leave, let her leave. With so much on the line, with so much at stake, I mean your livelihood, millions and millions of dollars, your reputation. You're a brand. You know every professional athlete who's at that kind of level of stature is his own brand and kind of entity in a way. And once that brand is kind of smeared and smeared, you see what happens to it. Uh, the price of a stock when no one believes in a brand anymore, it, it crashes. And that goes to all the clout that you have and all the uh, potential money making opportunities and just simply the way that people look at you. You get one reputation in kind of life and what you make of it. You know, there's you can't. It's hard to change and fix something um, of this kind of magnitude and manner. It's a horrible look for Jerry Judy. I hate it for him. Um, I hate it for the Broncos. I hope this is a one and done. He played with Henry Ruggs, who killed a lady uh, going 100 miles an hour, and her car went up in flames because of this asshole, um, Henry Ruggs the third who will, will spend years and years and years in jail. That is a teammate and a friend of Jerry Judy's, uh, you know, a former collegiate uh, teammate of his. You think that maybe the guy, I would hope that this was as bad as it will ever get for Jerry Judy. This is a wake-up call, um, and that's it. But I'll tell you, that's strike one. Yeah. You know, one more little discrepancy or arrest or DUI for me would be strike two. And then one more would be strike three would be enough for me to uh, save my franchise and my team and my organization the embarrassment. Right. And the embarrassment and the headache. You know, luckily for Jerry Judy that this— He ain't worth it so far. No, definitely not. Luckily for Jerry Judy, this didn't uh, elevate to a physical altercation or anything like that so that, that he has that on his side. And But for me, 
you know, he's been very underwhelming ever since he's been drafted by the Broncos on the field and, you know, partially due to injury, which he can't help. But, you know, even when he was healthy, he didn't really put put up great production, which, you know, you could partially blame on the quarterbacks. So this was supposed to be his breakout year. And what does he do in the offseason? Gets arrested, has the baby mama drama, gets in the headlines for all the wrong reasons. And it's not a good start to what was supposed to be his breakout season. Um, he's, he's only worth it because they drafted him in the first round. Okay. Right. So basically he's done nothing to kind of live up to that. Um, in a, a rookie receiver class, that's one of the greatest or in a receiving class. That's one of the greatest of all time with all the great players that came out of it. Um, Jerry Judy's got now everything to kind of go out there and prove. He needs to shut down all the social media stuff. I think he lives for that kind of stuff and that, uh, you know. Um, the clout chasing. Yeah, I think he really uh, enjoys that kind of stuff. Um, but I, if he's a bad guy, I don't want any part of him. And if this team's kind of deep at receiver, maybe he, he we consider moving on from him in some way, shape, or form. Why he still has some value, and you could really trade him for another really good starting caliber player at another position. You know, sounds kind yeah. of crazy. Not really. You would take a hit of 70, 80 cents on the dollar is what he'd be worth to where you drafted him. But sometimes it just doesn't work out, and sometimes, like, we... Who like the we who knows the guy might really know better that that guy is self destructive, and it's, I'm not saying that's Jerry Judy, but it's like he's got all the makings of this drama diva receiver shit that I don't want any part of. That's embarrassing. That's gonna hold us back. That's gonna make us look bad. Um, but the only problem is Odell Beckham has that same kind of stuff, but he has all these uh, accomplishments and credentials and, and incredible seasons and moments that Jerry Judy doesn't have any of. Jerry Judy is just riding the coattails of his draft pick and his um, reputation. Right. Totally. So that's it. You know, again, I'm it, he's our guy. I'll get over it because he's our guy. It's not that big of a deal. But if he was deal. a Raider... I would be dogging the Raiders and this guy. We hope it's not that big of a deal. Right. You know, they said it's a low-end misdemeanor. And she said I, she never felt threatened, <laughs> never well, got touched. Well, again, we have a handful of rules on the show, okay, the radio show. Everybody love everybody. Um, never come here with your politics, your religion, your fantasy football team, and we don't want to hear about your kids. And one of the other things that we say is keep your domestic stuff at home. Don't bring the domestic stuff to the show. We don't want any part of it. So... That kind of goes to my team, too, our team uh, being the Broncos. So let's move on from that conversation. What was the next thing I wanted to bring up? Dulcich or the uh, NFL crew? Talk about the Dulcich stuff real quick. Okay, yeah, Dulcich. Zach Seegers had a sweet little piece on MileHighSports.com about Dulcich looking great and impressing so far in these um, limited opportunities they're having. So here's the thing. You, you said at the start of the podcast, Training camp is really the start of the whole thing, but for a lot of these rookies, this mini camp is very important. Is very important for them, and it's their opportunity to show these coaches, yeah. this coaching staff, what they're capable the of. The belief of the build-up factor to actually see: can this guy play on the field, or right. is he, a, you know, is he going to be shut down? Is he a total project piece for this year? That's what these the, the, this stuff is about, right? And you know, they're probably just in you know shorts and a helmet, but you know, they're they're 
putting themselves out there to really see what these guys are made of. And, you know, Uazurike and Dulcich and uh, Nick Benito, these guys, this is their opportunity to really impress the coaching staff as rookies and really give them that first taste of what you've got. I and, think learning the playbook is pretty hard. Yeah. Um, I think that's a challenge for rookies because, you know, they say it's about the you want to go out there and react, not think, and then have to react. That's where these rookies need a year or two to kind of get up to speed. And I'm wondering uh, at the tight end position, just the tight end position, if that's a position where a young guy can't come in here and play. Noah Fan was okay early. Again, it's hard to measure and quantify and because of his quarterback play. But tight end is usually even the great ones. Even the great ones. For one, it was Aaron uh, Hernandez before Gronk who hit. You know, Gronk who really, really hit and got that huge contract, four years, 40 million bucks. Right away, it was something New England never does. That's what they thought about Aaron Hernandez and how unique and special he was as a player. But Gronk took a year or two. Travis Kelsey took a couple years. Uh, uh, George Kittle took a couple few years. That's just the job as a whole, okay? But also, I want to be able to be able to be on the field. And not always on the field, so this is a passing down because he can't block a lick. Right. So, you know, I don't need 50 catches from him or even 40. But say he gives me 28 or 30, and three or four of those are touchdowns because he's a big target and you will utilize his size and athletic ability in the in the red zone, you know, I'd probably be okay with that because I think Albert O has 35 or 40 catches as well. And maybe the combination of the two will be enough. Right. And, you know, like you were saying... As he's developing into potentially a really good player. Yeah, like you were saying, you can't really measure what Noah Fant was due to Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater and, you know, the terrible coordination, the the play calling. They didn't use Noah Fant in the right ways. But Justin Outen and Nathaniel Hackett, they have that rapport already. Outen was a former tight ends coach. Yeah. And they got a lot out of Robert Tunyon and Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers used his tight ends to uh, very, very useful. And I think Russell Wilson will do the same thing now that he has Dulcich and Alberto yeah. to, to throw to. And when Outen was talking to the media and they asked him the blocking stuff, how, uh, how is it? He's like, well, he's got the want to, the want to's there, the technique he probably needs to work on just a little bit because, because he's still a rookie, and there's a big adjustment period from going to college to the NFL. Yeah, but the the want to is there, and he looked good in all facets. He can do it all, is what Justin Outen said. Um. Okay, I you know let's move on. I like Dulcich a lot. I think it's a chance to be a really good player. Again, my I'll keep saying this until it's proven. He could very well be the best tight end in this draft. Um. And it'll play itself out. It doesn't mean Pro Bowl or All Pro or even, you know, um, any kind of level of stardom. But there's three or four tight ends that were all kind of the same except for one guy. And Dulcich was well worth the risk. A tight end is what you wanted in this draft. We got it. Um, uh, We talked about the style of the guy, the hair, the mustache, all that kind of stuff. He'll be a camp darling. We'll we'll, 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 we'll kind of move off of uh, the Dulcich stuff with that. I think he becomes an immediate camp darling because he's going to make plays. He's big and strong. The hair is beautiful like yours, Jake. And um, (laughs) that'll make for uh, a little bit of a... 
a guy who who with a ton of people going to being out there this year with Russell Wilson there, um, a guy who everyone's going to kind of fall for. So okay, um, just took a little screenshot of something I saw on Twitter of a little ESPN. I don't know what the show was uh, they were doing. It's probably NFL Prime Time. Uh, four guys, two analysts, two former players, and they got the Chargers and the Chiefs, and then the Chargers and the Chiefs winning the division. Are they right? Are the Broncos not winning this division? Are you surprised that none of the, those guys had the Broncos winning the division? Do you agree with them, Jake? Where are you at? You know, I am surprised that none of them had the Broncos winning at least one uh, because I really think this division is up for grabs. The Kansas City Chiefs took a big step back with losing Tyreek Hill and, and the Honey Badger. The Chargers, they, they've they made a big uh, improvement on not only the offensive line, but also defensively. So that makes sense for the Chargers to be up there. And the Chiefs, they've they've been reigning dominance over the AFC West for years now. So that makes sense as well. But Russell Wilson, uh, the I really do think that the only reason that the Broncos won't win this division is because of a slow start due to a new coaching staff, a new quarterback, just everything being brand new. So I don't necessarily agree with them, but I can see where they're coming from, and I see why they chose the other two teams instead of the Broncos. I personally think the Broncos will win the division. When I went over through the schedule, I got the Broncos winning 13 games. Damn, that sounds really good. I'm, like, all about it. If we went through it, I'd start to do the same thing. Win, win, win. Um, I feel like 11 is 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 the right number, but 12 is where my heart is at, okay? I think 11 is where my head is at because I think they go through some kind of two-and-two start to the season. Again, i got to look at the schedule to be talking like this, really, but um, two-and-two start in the season, maybe three-and-three before they maybe catch and and start to kind of roll. It's got to happen on the field. There's one thing to the implementation of it. You know, you can't really go out there and put it together during the preseason games. It will take you a few games, a few weeks of putting it out there on display to really, I think, be able to fully, you know, put out all the things that the Broncos are potentially capable of doing. So um, that's it. Those early couple losses will keep them away from winning, I think, that 13th game. And if you really press me, I'd say 12-5. and but I'd say I really want twelve and five too, because twelve and five is uh, that's that's elite. That's there's only one team with thirteen wins last year. That was Green Bay. Um, getting twelve wins is incredibly hard to do. Um, you could be a really good team and still only find your way to ten wins with. Um, with things that may happen within a game, a stretch of a season with injuries, and then w- what do they say about the football, Jake? Oh, it's uh, shaped funny and bounces. It bounces weird, and it's totally shaped funny. So it's like you, you know, are, are you one of those teams? Are the Broncos going to be a team this year that um, turns the ball over a lot, um, causes uh, causes a lot of fumbles, and then recovers those fumbles? Um, some teams all of a sudden they're just picking balls off two, three interceptions a game. Then some teams don't create those turnovers, and that stuff can't be manufactured. Those things just happen. John Fox used to do when the ball like hit the ground on incomplete pass, you pick it up and you run with it and finish it. Right. Same thing like defensively both ways. You know, we're trying to create those turnovers and getting used to finding the ball and then turning it and finishing, creating points off of it. John Fox kind of, I remembered him doing that kind of stuff. Um, you see what I'm really, you know, not too worried about 
is that is those turnovers because with the Fangio defense, everybody was raving about Fangio's defense, and they didn't really force a lot of turnovers. They didn't really get a lot of sacks, and that was a big issue, but yet they still had success. They were still a, a top 10 defense in the league without forcing those turnovers and without getting those sacks. So that tells me that it was maybe the players. The players went out and were performing well as opposed to just the schemes having the success and putting the players in the right positions. So I think Evero, uh, a new innovative mind who's been yeah. around the league and around some of the best minds in football, I don't really think they're going to have a huge drop-off, if at all. Maybe they just get bo- Maybe they just got better. Personnel-wise, they got better. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, the notion of going back to these guys not picking the Broncos or not. Why the Chargers? Why do people think the Chargers are going to take the next step? Justin Herbert's been here. He has impressed it's every single party. You think every single year Justin Herbert has played phenomenally. Sleeper MVP candidate? Absolutely, sleeper MVP candidate. They've added depth to their offensive line in in the draft. And they added uh, some some weapons on defense with yeah. Khalil Mack. So they already had a decent defense. So I think that's really why they of what they did in the offseason. And the fact that Justin Herbert's very consistent. And a second year with Brandon Staley as your head coach. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm with it. I'm with you. The Chiefs, we understand all that kind of stuff. Um, the Chargers, you know, made moves quietly. Um, some good moves, just not as loud of moves as Josh McDaniels and Devontae Adams and Russell Wilson, I guess, right? And yeah. uh, the, you know, uh, 11 players that the Chiefs drafted as they are kind of uh, in a reboot, not a, a rebuild. So um, I fear the Chargers. I do fear the Chargers, but. There's something about them that doesn't make me think they're going to win this division. And I think they'll run it back and be some kind of similar 10-win wild card outfit. Did the Broncos sweep the Chargers last year? Oh, they split. They split, right, yeah. yeah. Uh, but still, they they got one win they against the, the Chargers. They won the first time and lost that second game. Yeah, they that won- win was a really good win. They won at home. Pat Sertan had two interceptions and a pick six. Yeah. That was with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke had to come in that game and yeah. finish it off. Okay, um, not much time left. Want to mention Sierra real quick in the swimsuit, which we kind of did, but also want to mention Platte River Mortgage. Okay, Platte River Mortgage has been a sponsor of the radio show for a very long time. Uh, Platte River has been in business for two decades. Okay, this a brand. This is a brand that you want to give this guy Sean Sedita a call. He is a world class act. I love this guy in a game in a business that has so many shady dudes just trying to get you refinanced or just trying to hook you so you'll use them to buy your house. Well, how are you gonna? You know, th- those are the guys who are putting ten different offers on houses and they're never um, getting accepted. Platte River Mortgage has a game plan. You'll get that house with Sean. You will get that house that you want. And if you need to refinance, he will do. The refinance for you 
Their number 303-433-9900. 303-433-9900. He just wants you to give him a call start to the conversation. Sean's not going to ask you to fill a bunch of paperwork out. He's not going to ask to run your credit. He's not going to ask you for 500 bucks or 200 bucks to, you know, start the process. He just wants to start a conversation with you. He's been so good to me and my family and my brother and everyone here at the station who's utilizing him. I think Nate, our, you know, the boss, man, is utilizing Sean right now. So um, Platte River Mortgage is the best. Give those guys an opportunity. Okay, before we get out here, just a couple minutes left. Who's the most beautiful woman on earth right now? My wife. Other than your wife and my wife, who is the third most beautiful woman on planet earth? Well, you know, I don't look at other women, you know, uh, so I don't know. Theoretically, <laughs> hypothetically, if you were to have had a, uh, an accident, your eyes ran across uh, like on Twitter or something when you're scrolling um, other women who in fact have beauty. Who would you consider amongst that group? Oh, you got to have, uh, you know, Mrs. Unlimited up there, right? Mrs. Unlimited. Sierra is very beautiful. She's beautiful. Kim Kardashian's an icon. Probably got to have her somewhere in there. Yeah, but for like, sure. I don't know the supermodels like I do anymore. Like Tom's wife is Giselle's like a supermodel, but she's like an old supermodel. I don't know the supermodels like I used to back in the day. Christy Brinkley, um, Claudia Schiffer, Kathy Ireland, uh, Brooklyn Decker is one of the last. Well, unless like you're the on last of a dying breed. Tyra Banks was a Tyra Banks was a big time supermodel. Well, unless you're on Heidi, right, right. Unless you're on Instagram, you know, looking at at them and following them. You're not going to really see them. They're not, you know, household names. They're not, you know, just at the forefront of every media outlet there is. That's Instagram. And that's really the majority of where these models are at. So you're not going to really see them. Okay. Um, good for you, Sierra. Um, this is Unlimited. Look good on the cover. Um, that's it. That's the whole pod. Uh, we'll pot in another couple days. We'll try to get a few out this week, a few more out next week, few, 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 until we, until we start to hit them daily as the season rolls around. Uh, we got a lot in today. Uh, good job, Jake. Oh, thank Appreciate you. you. Can you give our info out, the show, um, Twitter, just those kind of things, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, you can follow Danny on Twitter at Tweets Danny. You can follow me at Jake Meyer Radio on Twitter as well. And the, for the podcast, we post all, well, I retweet all of the, all of the shows. So if you can't find it on either Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, Google Play Podcast, Spreaker, um, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts, it will always be on my Twitter page. So be sure to check that out. And MyLifeSports.com has it as well. The MyLifeSports app. The app is you know probably the easiest way to listen. So download that app okay uh appreciate it jake good job we'll see you guys later good night sheila good night